hi guys it's tea thoughts with me she today is full finances number two right episode two i think so episode two and it's on the toronto money show i'm giving you guys a video and audio so say thank you anyways for some reason my throat is dry it wasn't dry all day but as soon as i started recording my throat is dry which is really weird but whatever <clears throat> So you'll hear me <clears throat> in a lot. Okay, so um Toronto Money Show. What are my first thought, my initial thoughts? If you guys remember I went last year so I could get some I was in the peak of my um my financial journey. <laughs> so I went again this year because last year it was kind of fun, but this year, like I'll start with just basic stuff. This year it um the gifts that they gave were not that great. Like it was the greatest thing I got was a cup, like one of those bottles, and it wasn't even a good bottle. Like the there was no good free gifts, there was no good free snacks. Um, although I think maybe I've been spoiled because I went to a conference. I went to like a law society conference, and because that one was paid, they had a lot of stuff. The f they had the sandwiches, they had the breakfast, they had like you know it was top notch. So I think now going to a free conference, it was you know my palette has changed <laughs> there's that um lifestyle creep um okay so yes the um, <clears throat> the swag was not very good um met some people that was nice talked to some people you know me i'm chatty patty so talked to some people and the general feeling was there's so much information and if you're like a beginner investor it's so hard to know what you should be doing because like if you go to the different seminars they give you different ideologies and like things about what you should be doing regarding investing so a lot of people felt that it was overwhelming <clears throat> people are still confirming that they did lose money with the whole bitcoin business and yeah well you lose some you win some um <clears throat> this is a random fact but i did notice that uh, a lot of the speakers were white and a lot of the attendees were ethnic I don't know what we want to do with that information, but this is the podcast where we would mention that. Um, okay, <clears throat> so the the show was divided into three segments. No, not into three segments. It had different segments, so you had to pick what you wanted. So the three that I picked was real estate, strategies, money management, and I think I did options. So those are the three sections. They had different... Um, they had different sections so you could pick like each each time slot had a different segment so you could get different um different options on what you wanted to do so the first one that i went to was <clears throat> it was sponsored by something called connect this is not a paid advertisement i'm just mentioning who it was because it's publicly available you can look it up and it was a mortgage investment fund but honestly i would say it's a loan shark <laughs> oh my god will i get sued for saying that but okay i i wouldn't say it's a loan shark but to me it felt like a loan shark right and that one was under real estate right so if you want if you're somebody that wanted to invest in real estate so <clears throat> it was talking about how there's a lot of people because of everything that's going on there's a lot of people that are not bankable right so according to the person that was presenting he was talking about how because of the high interest rates <clears> try <throat> throat he was talking about the high interest rates and how a lot of people when their mortgage comes up it's they're not going to be able to renew it because they're maybe not going to be able to <clears throat> i don't know what's happening like my throat has been fine up until this exact moment 
so they were saying um a lot of people when their mortgages are renewing they're not going to be bankable in the sense that they're not going to be able to renew their mortgage at the at the lender that they have so if you are with your bank of montreal scotia bank cibc the interest rate you may not fit like the category that they want so you're going to have to find a new lender for your mortgage and those are usually private lenders <clears throat> right i don't know a lot about mortgages but um they're saying it has you have to find a new lender right and so they were saying their company the way that you can um invest in their company so you're investing in real estate is that you invest with them mind you they wanted like 20 they were going to give you 1000 for $25,000 investment and i was just like okay <laughs> somebody here must have it right for you to be asking um <clears throat> so what happens is you give them money and apparently they lend it they act as as a, a lender to people that are not able to get financing from their bank and then they lend it to them and then allegedly they give their return rate for the last 10 years is nine point something percent right so you as the investor would get about nine point something percent give or take right nothing is guaranteed and then they lend the money to the people but they only lend to people that already have an asset so you have to have a house for you to be able to get that so if you're just straight up brand new getting a new mortgage they're not going to lend to you they lend to you when you have like a discrepancy or something like that and <clears throat> so they were saying all this and it sounded good right and i'm like okay because i don't know if you guys remember last year i was looking into what reits are and whatever so it sounded good i was like mm, they're saying nine percent maybe seven percent okay whatever right it could go up it could go down right <clears throat> but then in my mind you know being from the tea thoughts podcast i started thinking well if you're going to give me nine percent how much are you charging people to borrow this money and somebody in the in the audience put their hands up they're like well what's the cost to 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 the borrowers right and they're like oh you know it's between i think they said what percentage did they say they said the lending was between nine to fourteen percent and i'm thinking nine to fourteen percent if you're giving us a return of nine percent i have to believe barely any people are borrowing at nine percent right it's probably closer to fourteen percent and you know <clears throat> somebody also asked yeah do you lend to people that don't already have a mortgage they're like no and they're like pretty much he gave a really good quote which was we don't lend them the good word of all borrowers they need collateral so you you have to already have a house right and he was he was kind of what i found funny about the whole presentation is he was kind of being sassy about the banks saying that oh the banks are leeches and they're like refusing to remortgage people and you know this and that and that that uh the banks in canada if you invest in the banks in canada they're growing and they're good investments because they're they're charging other people for it but i'm like but my guy you're giving people mortgages at 14 percent that's not necessarily the greatest thing right um listen i'm not here to argue whether people should borrow at 14 percent or not but i'm just saying he was making it seem as if he was better than the bank because the bank are kind of taking a narrower criteria they're taking less risk but i'm like i think banks are supposed to take less risks because <clears throat> they like all our money is in banks right so they should be taking less risks but he was making it seem as if that was like he was helping the world 
But for me, as he was explaining it, it just seemed like loan sharky, right? So, <clears throat> yeah, he seemed loan sharky. And um, it seemed predatory. That's how I feel about it. I'm just going to be honest, right? He's like, oh, some people call us private lenders, shadow banks. But, you know, we're just trying to help people. And their loans are for a short term. So I think he said mostly under 12 months. But they try to, like, leave it under 24 months. And I don't know, like, I didn't think that that was something I personally could be aligned with because I think that a lot of things like that go to people that already probably couldn't afford. And usually that ends up being like black slash POC people, like people that are already disadvantaged because they probably struggled to get the money to get a mortgage. And so when they're refinancing, they probably have, <clears throat> they probably have a lot more likelihood of not being able to re-qualify so i kind of wasn't feeling that but you know if you are trying to find that you know that's something people should look into so that was under real estate the next little session that i attended was um how to build your own money tree by it was hosted by somebody called Derek foster who apparently wrote the book called the idiot millionaires and that one was under the category of strategies <clears throat> apparently he retired at 33 and he's now about 54 maybe 53 years old apparently i really actually enjoyed this one because it was like a fun little session right um he worked at apparently radio radio shark or something and then somehow he decided to buy the stock and he noticed that the stock when he bought it went from $24 to $12 not from $12 to $24 but from $24 to $12 and he thought oh my god this is great like it's a discount right so then he decided to buy some more and then the stock went to $6 and then at that point he swore that like he's never buying stocks again hello element if you guys look up element like I bought that stock and it's down 97%. <laughs> At this point, I'm kind of holding on to it so that I can humble myself so that I know that me, Nishi the Great, was an idiot to keep adding to that position when I saw that it was going down, going down, going down, going down. And I saw it go down, right? It went down. It didn't go, it wasn't just like, but it went down and then down and then down. But I just assumed it was going to go back up. But again, I was at the beginning of my investing journey. So, <clears throat> I didn't know any better. Okay. Um, so he, <laughs> I got diverted back to Derek Foster. So <clears throat> he gave an example of, um, he gave us an a, example of a tree and how, if you grow a tree, most of us want to slash the tree so that the money grows, but, and you, so that you want to chop it down. He gave the example that when you grow a tree, right? Most of us are quick to kind of cut down the branches of the tree so that we can get firewood instead of taking the fruit and then growing more, f more, more trees slash more fruit. So like investing, it's like when it goes up, you just want to take your wins and go instead of like, well, reinvesting like maybe your dividend so that it grows and it grows and it grows and it grows. Right. Especially if you've picked a good company, <clears throat> but most people were like, oh, it's grown 50%. I'm going to take my money out. Right. Which again you have to be you have to make your own decisions right none of this is investing advice it's just what i learned from the my own opinion not what i learned right for myself and <clears throat> then apparently 
when he started he realized that having a job interfered with his time right and i'm like ugh absolutely work doesn't interfere with your free time and then he started calculating how much do you need to retire and then he realized that you need a portfolio that generates a certain reliable amount of income and if you can get 2 to 3% from your portfolio and that can sustain you then you'd be good um i've heard a lot of people talking about this like retirement number and stuff <clears throat> some of the people doing fire some of the people doing i don't know all kinds of stuff i realized for me too i don't think i need to retire at 44 years old i just I kind of want to have fun right now, you know. I want to travel the world while my knees are still semi-working. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so he was telling us that um, he hasn't had a job in 20 years. But then I'm like, when you're at these conferences speaking, technically that's your job, right? Because if you had your portfolio and... <clears throat> if you had your portfolio and it was making enough money, then why are you at conferences speaking... And like selling books unless you're just doing that for fun but i should mention that he was selling his books for free like for cash so take what you want from that right like you're retired like you have a cash business like i guess inflation is hitting us all right <clears throat> um so <laughs> that was shade i guess anyways whatever um, he also advised that people should get that book. I've heard that book mentioned before by in the Motley, Motley Fool Money that talks about the Dividend Kings. So there's a book that he mentioned that you can get that tells you the companies that have been paying dividend for the last 10 years, 20 years, I don't know, a long time. And so if you're interested in safe income that's just reliable, those are probably things that people should consider. Um, he also... He also mentioned that he looked at the taxes that he was being charged and he realized that there was no way that he was able to afford to work and I thought that was really really funny <laughs> like you can't afford to work because of taxes um I'm a big fan of taxes they pay for public service um <clears throat> so he also gave this really good example about I think the US and Russia were trying to go to space and they needed something to write with and pens wouldn't work in space because of gravity and he's like well the u.s worked and worked and worked and worked so that they could figure out how to make a pen that could write defying gravity i think and apparently the russians just sent their astronauts up with a with a pencil right which i thought was really cool because he's like simple is best right so <clears throat> a lot of people try to do things that are complicated and you could just do what's easy and i think that's true because like when i started like trying to invest in shit like myself i was like reading up on everything because once i want to know something i immerse myself in the literature to be like what can i learn about this but in actual fact just do the basics and you should be all right you don't need to get super um super you don't need to get super into the weeds um, he also mentioned that you should have a hobby if you retire early or you end up with lots of kids. That's funny. <laughs> and I think technically applies to men because if I retire, if I retired at 44, like I'm not going to be 60 having babies. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So <clears throat> this seminar or this sec section about strategies was helpful because i finally understood the logic of buying back stocks because i've not been able to understand that i'm like well 
if as a business you want people to give you money for your business at what point do you start giving them back money when they gave you money and he explained it really really well he explained it as if we're in an auditorium right like the room that we were in and the com and it's owned by a company the company bought if the company bought or gave some of us money to leave the auditorium like so let's say we're in a room there's a hundred people the company pays 25 people to leave the room we still own the room but there's now only 75 of us which is better right so that's why they people buy back their stocks so that it's less people owning it but it's still the same company so that was interesting because i never got it i was like well you first you want the money from the people now you want to take the money now you want to give back the money to the people but i guess it's so that you know there's not so many too many chefs spoil the dish so that was a good one so that section was on strategies the next one that i attended was by uh it was lessons on mastering money by fred masters um and it was on money management i really liked this one because the guy was a teacher so he kind of spoke in a way that was more appealing to me because you know i'm obsessed with teachers and um so apparently he was seeing like he was a high school teacher and he saw kids working 30 hours a week while in high school you know i used to complain not to anybody in particular but just to myself that i had to work so many hours when i was at university and college and to think of a a kid in high school working 30 hours that's actually for me too too much because i don't know why i'm wearing my earphones let me remove them that's actually a lot because that's too much that's like you're not gonna get the grades that you want which is something that i felt like i was like yo i could have gotten better grades if i didn't have to go to work if my mind was just on school i probably could have spent all my time in the library just kind of chilling and reading but i had to split my time like you know gotta go to work there's even a time when i was working overnight and going to uni so i would work till like 6 a.m take a nap and then go to school so you're not like maximizing your reading right so i'm like for kids to be doing that in high school is kind of wild but i guess they're doing that because they've been told that they have to pay for their tuition themselves which i found kind of interesting because the, he was saying that like people have been told you you're gonna have to pay for university yourself and i will say like as black people i don't know that we have the conversation with our kids to be like yo i'm not paying for your university i don't i think we just hope for the best like i don't imagine that that's a conversation that's had but i could be wrong right um uh so he wrote a book he started teaching some people like at his lunch hour at school when he was still a teacher and then he wrote a book and somebody that's like a canadian fellow told him that this is a great book and then he also said something that i thought was really cute which was like happy people focus on what they have and unhappy people focus on what's missing so gratitude is a must i've actually been i've actually been focused on accumulating i've actually been focused on accumulating a lot that i've kind of stopped being grateful so that was a nice little reminder to be like yo you don't need to keep getting 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 just sit in where you are and be like oh you know what i accomplished something right like so that's that was a nice little lesson um <clears throat> he also talked about shifting your gifting to experiences instead of just buying stuff that you should don't buy somebody an ipad maybe take go on a trip with them do you know what i mean that's a much better experience and i think it's true because now you find that like with kids they're not so happy to 
go do something they're kind of like are you gonna buy me something or are you gonna give me money and i'm like that money is gonna finish but the memory and the experience will stay and they'll probably learn something from it so that's something to think of um he also mentioned that he buys used cars he buys cars that are like two three years old because the trade-off is he gets to go on vacations he gets to go to like disneyland with his kids and they get to do a lot more experience experiences than like buying brand new cars i am an advocate of not buying brand new cars because i'm like what's the point like it seems maybe when i'm like balling i'll start to buy a new car but i don't think so because if it's gonna decrease in value then just get get an older one um it also went into having oh he made such a funny comment about like pumpkin sky pumpkin latte spiced drinks and i was like that's such a dad comment and such a teacher comment that he's like he knows the things that's happening but he doesn't know it properly and um talked about high school students he said high school students should be saving 90 percent because we know what's coming they're gonna have a lot of debt or they're gonna have they're gonna not be able to afford school and have to work and he also mentioned that you should talk to your honey about money because you're either a spender or a saver i think we kind of talked about this last fall finances but you should if you're dating somebody seriously you need to be able to talk to be like yo how do we spend money because that can be a point of contention for a lot of people and so what was the next thing the next thing was he talked about how your partner is the most important decision in your life because he was saying that opposite attracts but maybe not a money mindset which i think is kind of true because Sorry, checking my phone. Which I think is kind of true because... Okay. People are now, like, talking while I'm still recording. So I'm texting them to say, recording. Okay, so... um, What else did we talk about? He talked about houses not getting bought. He pretty much kind of touched on how the situation is the same everywhere. About... Houses are unaffordable, this and that, this and that. Um, (laughs) Oh, he actually said, okay, he mentioned something. He said only 38% of workplaces in Canada have a pension. So that means, so that means you should be saving for your pension. Because he's like, right now, the amount that people get paid for their pension is 760 Canadian dollars a month. So... The CPP, like the Canada Pension Plan, is not should not be your plan for retirement, and the lottery is not a plan either. Because I see a lot of people buying a lot of lottery tickets, thinking, "Oh, I could hit the numbers." Probably not going to hit the numbers. Let's just be honest. And then he also mentioned something that yeah, people can walk up and randomly plan a trip, randomly get a tattoo, but they would never randomly automate their savings. Like you never wake up one Saturday and be like, "Let me put seventy dollars in my savings account." You should be doing that. Um also mentioned that if you're trying to get to your targeted tfsa amount you should try to like maybe put 500 dollars a month in your tfsa so that you can reach the six thousand every year um what else and he kind of gave a quote i i would never normally mention warren buffett but you know he mentioned that warren buffett says do not pick stocks and I think it's kind of true that's kind of what i realized that it may not be the greatest unless it's companies that you trust 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 probably just 
do the ones that like consolidate like you know what i mean okay the next one was on options fact or fiction by matt mark something i can't say his last name mm, so apparently i didn't really know what the difference was between stocks and options but now i do so but i'll give the definition from investopedia which is one important well it gives the difference one important difference between stocks and options is stocks give you a small piece of ownership in the company while options are just contracts that give you the right to buy or sell the stock at a specific price by a specific date so apparently the word on the street is that um options are super super risky so that part went a little bit over my head and but i will say this right i did ask some questions at the end and my question was was like well why would you buy an option why don't you just buy a stock right and he mentioned that well so a stock is let's say for example you think that um i don't know what stock can i use right uh you think that t thoughts podcast let's say that was a stock right or it was a it was a publicly traded company right you think that t thoughts is going to be worth ten dollars I always use even numbers because I'm not the greatest financial mind. So you thought that it was one it's 10 you thought it was going to be worth $10 in like a year or something. So I think an option would be that you buy the right to buy it when it gets to $10 or you have the right to sell it when it gets to $10. So the reason you would do that is when you buy a stock, if you buy it at $7, your $7 is now with that company to do with what they want, right? It may go down, it may go up, it may stay the exact same price. Whereas if you buy an option, you can buy an option to buy it at $7, assuming that it's going to keep going up. So you only maybe have to pay like, I don't know, 5% to say that, oh, when it gets to $7, I'm going to buy it. But if it gets to $7, I think you don't have to buy it. But apparently there's something that happens where you may be forced to buy it because you said you're going to buy it. I didn't really get the details, but he explained to me and he explained this really well to me that the reason why you buy options, so for example, if you have like a portfolio and you have cash in there of like maybe I don't know, $10,000, right? You have $10,000 in your savings account. You don't want to use that $10,000 on a stock that's just going to be flat for the next 5 years, right? you could buy an option for a stock that you kind of think something may happen on so that you're not your cash is not taken by owning that company you're still able to use your money for something else while knowing that it's almost like holding your place in line right yeah you have the right if you decide if you hold your place in line and you decide you're not going to buy anything that's fine you just leave the line yeah it's holding your place in line if there was a fee to hold your place in line So it's like a deposit as well, I think, but not necessarily. I don't know. So that's my understanding that it's the right to buy something or the right to sell at a certain price. And then if you don't do it, I'm not sure. That's when it got a bit. That's when it went over my head because I wasn't sure if it's what happens if you don't want to buy it. And I think that's the risk with this certain situations where you could be forced to buy it. So that was interesting. So now I know what they mean when they say options. Um. The last one that I attended was also strategies. It was zero to a million in forty-five minutes by somebody called Goldstein. That one was okay. It was pretty good. 
she he gave he gave an example of an old lady that invested in BMO back in the eighties, um, and she just left the the stock there. She didn't do anything with it, and then after a while, I think, I think yeah, I think after a few years because it kept reinvesting the dividend, the stock was worth way way the stocks that she left was worth so much more because the when you reinvest your dividend it like keeps growing your your returns keeps growing your returns is that a correct way to say it? i think so it keeps growing your returns he also he also mentioned something that like i've heard this but it's something that like i'm gonna mention talking about how the average car loan is 96 months now in 2023 and he was mentioning that we're going to stop making gas cars in 2030 or we're supposed to and it's kind of like that's wild 96 months for a car loan is a very fucking long time so if you got a car loan for 96 months you would stop paying for that car in 2031 right and we're supposed to stop making gas cars in 2030 so i would just hope if you do that you're getting a battery car and then he also mentioned that 39% of Canadians cannot handle an emergency for a few hundred dollars. That is absolutely true and I'm sure of it. And I'm sure those are the only only the people that are being actually honest and mindful of knowing that, yo, I don't have it. I'm sure if you actually look at people's finances, it's more than that. Um, He also mentioned, again, 45% of people divorce and that divorce is usually caused by money, which kind of tied into what was mentioned by... um, I think it was the teacher yes the teacher fred masters he was talking about talk to your honey about your money because it's true if you cannot agree on money that's like a big that's gonna be a big fight um uh he also mentioned this this was for the states this like little fireflies or fruit flies in the house because my mom's been my mom has been bringing in a lot of tomatoes. Mm, so delicious. They're fresh, but it's also comes with um, something like the fruit flies. Um, he also mentioned that most pe- in the States, that people, like most people are going to retire with $10,000. If you retire with $10,000, that's like $10,000 and seven something. We mentioned seven something. So maybe people in Canada could be a little bit higher, could be a little bit lower, right? That's not very much money, y'all. Like, people need to be saving for retirement. Um, What else? And then he gave, like, a spreadsheet of savings. He just gave little ideas on how people can save money, collecting points, just calling to ask about discounts on stuff, just lots of little things that people can do, like parking, not in your parking lot, so that you can walk to work. That can, it's, for one day, it doesn't add up, but if you're going to work every day, it kind of adds up um so yeah so it was it was good i learned a lot of little just little little tips and tricks little tips and tricks yeah little tips and tricks but this is the second year of me going there and i think that i can probably say that i think i've learned all that i need to in this section of like finances because the most important thing to me was paying paying my debts right that was important to me um well paying student loans not my debts like it's not like millions of debts but 
paying my student loans, learning how to budget properly, um, and learning learning how to save consistently. And I can say that those things are done. So I don't know. And for the investment part of it, like I kind of got into the investment side of it because I was trying to do the personal finance side of it as in learn my personal finances and learn about things that I think people should know, right? Because learn about the things that people should know. So for me personally, I think I'm maxed out for the invest investing talks. I'm happy to just auto debt like auto deposit into an rspp and just have that saved just into is it an eft i think it's an eft so i'm, I'm good to just do that i'm not interested in checking the markets checking to see what the stock is worth the background if there's companies that i think oh this seems like a good company it's been around for a long time i'll invest and maybe buy an individual stock but i'm not a trader i'm not an investment i'm not an investment um i'm not an investment banker i'm not a I'm not really that interested so I don't know if I will return next year um, to the money show um, I think there comes a point where you have learned all that you can from somebody there's like a few people that I, I, I listen to on um, on on YouTube I, I'm not a YouTube girl but sometimes I go to YouTube but there's some people that I used to listen to listen to listen to listen to and I realized that um I don't think that there's anything left for me to be taught here um so i don't think that i have anything else left to be taught regarding finances at the stage that i'm at now if i for example had a quarter of a million to a million then yes i would have more things to learn but right now I think that I've gotten to the end of that so I don't think I'll be back um, okay so now the random annoying things about conferences we did this last year and I'm gonna do it again this year I'm gonna just move my mic so that I can see oh dropped something number one please stop shaking like you know I, I sat next to this person and he was doing this like this the whole time like shaking while he's sitting next to me and I'm like if you need the bathroom then you should go and if not then you have to know that that's really distracting so when I was at school right I got into trouble because I have a habit of doing this like if you guys the people on video can see what I'm doing the people on audio I'm clicking my pen I got a really bad grade because of it and I thought what's the big deal but I do understand you can't be in court clicking your pen like some type of idiot and I remember another time too when I was younger I was walking up and down the plane blowing bubbles with my gum and my dad was like don't do that and I was like why and I was being obnoxious on purpose but I didn't know that people knew could tell that I was being obnoxious on purpose so I was like walking up and down the plane aisle blowing bubbles pop bubbles <laughs> anyways so I was told don't do that it's obnoxious that's the same thing don't shake don't shake like that's obnoxious so that was one thing random conference thing that annoyed me um, number two this is a battle that probably nobody's gonna win please don't bring your babies or toddlers to conferences like I don't care like I don't care the reason please don't like if the baby sit of flops then just don't come right like 
I will say that this baby was really, really well behaved. But come on, guys. Like, it's... It's... It's a conference. Why is there a baby here? Like, do you know what, I, what next? The baby's coming to the bar? Like, to the club? Like, we're gonna have babies at the club? Come on, don't do that. And also, maybe I'm being classist and egregious. I was just talking to my sister about this. And I was like, yo, I think black people... Yo, these fireflies are everywhere. I was like, I think that they were using egregious wrong on the show Girlfriends. And she confirmed that they were, they were using it in the wrong way to make fun of Maya. Which I thought was really, really funny. But I thought, yeah, because I was sure that it was wrong because it's the same way that, like, let's say Zimbabwean people say the word boring to mean annoying, but boring doesn't mean annoying. It means boring, like not interesting, not boring as in you're annoying me, but they use it the same way. Either it's Zimbabweans or it's my family, but I've definitely heard more than my family say, oh, the, oh that person is so boring, but they mean, oh, well, that person really bored me, but they mean annoyed me. Um, okay, this is actually a me thing. It is really bad manners for me to try to figure out how much people make for speaking, selling books, or just in general. And I need to stop doing that because it's so classist and egregious. (laughs) I picked up this habit many years ago when I worked at Starbucks because I had to count the money. And so as I was counting the money, this is a story time, I guess. As I was counting the money, um, I was like, well, I started thinking about how much I got paid. And I was like, that's not very much. And then I started thinking about how much everybody else in the store got paid. And I was like, that's not very much either. Then I started calculating how much we all got paid and started thinking, wait, the money that I'm counting for one day does not cover our pay for one month, which struck a nerve in me because I was like that's not fair why why is that right like one day doesn't cover our one month why right and let me tell you guys from the moment I did that calculation I am not good at math but I have never been happy and maybe that was the birth of now I'm pretty sure I was probably like communist aligning or communist sided before that but yeah counting they should never have made me count money (laughs) okay guys so that is tea thoughts with nishi for finances enjoy